everybody. Uh, welcome to episode five in the Trust Me, I'm a Lawyer podcast. I'm Spencer Ehrenfeld. Today I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Nori Ehrenfeld. Hello, everybody. And we have a very special guest today, the great Edmar Amaya, who's one of the most well-respected trademark, patent, copyright lawyers in the country. Hey, welcome, Edmar. How are you guys doing? Good morning. We're excited. First of all, it's always great to see you. I love you, and I've had <laughs> Uh, privilege of knowing you for quite a while. Um, one of the cool things that's happening is this podcast. Nori came up with this idea uh, about a week or two ago when, when someone interviewed me on a podcast and he was like, hey dad, why aren't we doing this ourselves? So he's the executive producer. He's editing it and putting it up there. Um, I have some basic questions for you about copyright and stuff just involving this podcast because I think a lot of people right now with what's going on in the world are going to be creating podcasts. I mean, this is an interesting way of communicating with the, with the world. Just in terms of the name, trust me, I'm a lawyer podcast. Does he have to copyright this or what happens? What do we need to do? Okay. So uh, the name is a trademark. So ah. you can trademark it. Should uh, we? Uh, we, we? I can find out if uh, it's available, if uh, nobody has used it before. And then uh, you file a trademark registration for the name of it. So that's one way to protect uh, the podcast. So that makes you unique. And uh, if you have a lot of followings, people are going to recognize that name. So it doesn't matter where you do it or how you do it. If you keep the name, um, it will be yours. Okay. So, I mean, we certainly would like to, to have you do that for us. And, um, I think that would be valuable protection because I, I see this as something that can really grow. Absolutely. And then just the content of the podcast. Who owns this content? It, I, this video of you and me and Nori, who owns that? Okay, so uh, corporate laws, they say that wherever you do and you put it on, on paper or on a disc, or on a CD, it's yours. So that's your content. As soon as you draw something, that's your content. Um, so in this case, you are coming up with the questions. So you have more of a control of what's gonna be said in the podcast. Now, there's a caveat because there's also personality rights to your body, to your face. So if you're gonna make money from people, uh, the people that you're interviewing with, uh, let's say you put this on, on YouTube and you get and you get paid advertisement and YouTube sends you a check every month. We can only hope. That's right. And people do that. People are living out of that. Uh, they're creating, you're creating content. The only thing that you need to do is you need to have the people that you are interviewing, you have to sign a, some kind of a waiver or a transfer of rights so that you can exploit their personality, their face, their body. Did you say exploit? Exploit. Oh, well. <laughs> so, you, so you can make money out of them. So, so let's say you have an interview with a famous, you know, a famous artist. Wait, a famous copyright and trademark lawyer. That's right. And, 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 and let's say the artist has millions of followers, right? So you're gonna you're gonna basically piggybacking on his on his uh, on his uh, how famous he is to make money. So that's why when you do something like that, it's it's good for you to just send them something. It could be something simple on an email saying, you know, you're basically letting me post this on 
on social media and if you know and you don't mind getting you know getting a check for 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 some money for this so that is wait, wait, wait. i don't mind if they get a check or they don't mind if i get a check if you get a check nori gets a check yeah it's all going to nori anyway yeah. so is that a letter you could help us draft too absolutely absolutely you know, I think, Edmar, the guy who had me on last week, this lawyer story, have you been on that show yet? Or No. Oh, man, you would be a perfect candidate. This, his name's Benny Gold, and he goes around the world uh, showcasing the stories of lawyers and how they became lawyers. And your story, how you became a lawyer, is one of my favorites. Um, yep. And then he does a profile, and then he has you on his podcast. And I think he would be a really great potential client for you. Because I don't know that he has, he didn't ask me to sign anything. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah, sure. But, but that's, to him. yeah, that's like belt, belt and suspenders. Even though, you know, Nori is coming up with all the questioning and basically handling the interview, you still need to ask permission because otherwise, you know, they could, they could always, like, if they don't like what they're, you know, how you edit it and how you put it there, then they can always try to, you know, sue you for oh, personal oh. rights and things. You know, because they want to block you from posting. So, uh, yeah, I, most people don't go into those streams. But, oh, you know, it's good practice to use. You know, when you when you send an email inviting them, maybe you, you attach, you know, something in the email that says, you know, you're allowing us to to publicly uh, post this online, and and that's it. And then it's it's, it's like a waiver. Okay, great. Well, I think that's definitely something we should do. And anyone that's out there uh, that is interested in putting on a podcast and making sure that they've got the belt and suspenders and the copyrights and trademarks, how would they go about reaching you, Edmar? So they can call me at uh, 786-537-9166. Um, I'm working from home. Uh, my office is closed. Uh, there was, uh, we found somebody in the office that had corona, mm -hmm. one of the employees of another attorney so uh until they basically uh clean everything so i had to uh but but i'm i'm working online uh, i have i have my copier my monitors my i move my files so nice. i'm mostly at home and uh you know it, uh, the inter intellectual property is mostly done online uh, you don't go to court much, except if you litigate, and now everything's online as well. So, so you, you know, most of the like the trademark office, everything's done through email and online. Uh, the patent office the same. Uh, phone sometimes you call the examiners, uh, but most of the work is done. Even if you do licensing, you know, you send out your licenses. So I basically don't need to meet people. Everything's virtual. So um, I think what's really cool about your practice is that you, if you got a client from California or from Wichita, Kansas, are, you're able to represent people on a national basis. They don't have to just be local Miami folks. Correct. The, it's a national, national basis, I should say. It's a national license, and it's, it's dealt in federal court. So, so the federal system is the main system because the, the copyright, copyright and patent laws were born with the Constitution. So they're in the Constitution. I know and so they're that old. And they were actually, it's the first Constitution ever to incorporate copyright and patent protection. Wow. So in the world. So, so, so when, 
when this country was founded, they, they, they make sure that inventors were, were getting protection and, and copyright owners back then. So, so because of that, it became federal. And, and so because it's federal, when you get the license, you get it through the United States. So it doesn't matter where the person is, um, you file for a federal trademark registration, federal copyright or a, or, or a patent. And, and, and it's important to say also that whatever protection you're getting is really all the United States. It, it includes Alaska and Hawaii and territories, but it's really, it's, it's intellectual property, it's local. Basically, if you, if you sell goods in Mexico, then you have to go to a Mexican attorney to register in the Mexican patent office or trademark office. And, then you get, so, and they have different rules. So if you go to Europe, now they have a consolidated European trademark and patent. So, so, uh, so it's local. So uh, what I do is I have friends that graduated with me or friends throughout the years, and I send them, basically, I filed in the U.S. And if you tell me, look, my goods are going to Canada, then I call my friend. He registers in Canada. And that's how you get protection in different countries. See, I think, Edmar, with what's happening in the world with this horrible pandemic, more and more businesses are going to be online. The brick and mortar concept is going to really probably disappear. And uh, companies need to have your services to make sure that their online persona uh, is, is protected. Correct. Yes. So, so a lot of businesses are going online and that's um, um, using things like Zoom to communicate. Like I don't, and, and even here in Miami, um, even before the pandemic, I was, you know, getting a lot of clients just through phone and email. Like, you know, they'll send me the information they need to be trademarked. Uh, they send me the evidence that they use the trademarking commerce. And then you, they pay through a credit card and I file everything online. And then they get a letter three to six months later from the trademark office, uh, you know, what's happening with the process. So, so even before that, everything was almost very automated through online. And uh, nowadays, a lot of attorneys are going online fully online, which, uh, you know, it's hard for the older generation, but the newer generation, they're really moving online. Uh, I am basically also revamping my website. I'm going to redo everything and try to do uh, multiple languages. I was only, I had only English. I'm going to do uh, Spanish, maybe uh, Swedish, maybe uh, so French to, to try to get some people from all over the world. And, and people may be surprised, why is this guy doing this in Swedish? He actually happens to be Swedish, which I think is one of the most interesting things about you, Edvard, is that you're actually a Swede. That's um, right. I grew so, up in Sweden. So, yeah, I was going to say, so while I have been bringing Nori to the office all day and he's been working on lawyer stuff, he has developed a whole other field of a stream of income. Talk, tell him what's going on with what you're doing. Um, well... I'd say over the past few months, I've developed like a, a serious passion for music production. Um, mm. So this, this question I have is kind of a general one, but it definitely applies to the stuff I'm doing because now I'm starting to profit from uh, the stuff I'm making, fortunately. Um, so basically, as a teenager, you know, like there's so many new social media platforms that arise on a daily basis almost. And so this first question is, 
is there different like uh, intellectual property laws that are apply to certain social media platforms or are they, are they just the general legislation for all like media or does Facebook have a different set of rules and how does the company rules apply to like federal rules and stuff like that? Okay, good question. Okay, so first of all, there's no separate laws. It's just the corporate law the, you know, uh, that Congress passed and it's very, very complicated because they break down into little into little pieces what can be copyrighted or whatnot. Uh, but but it's, it's the same copyright law. And so if you do anything on different platforms, uh, I, I mean, I've seen uh, teenagers become millionaires because of what they do. Well, and they're, 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 influ hope. they're influencers. They become influencers, what they call influence, media influencers. And, and they get advertising revenue by because they, 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 they generate such content, even if it's music or song or dance or just little kids, that advertising revenue comes to them through, 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 through YouTube, through, uh, through Spotify, for example. So, so um, first of all, you can, you can protect your individual uh, music. So, so if you're a producer and you're composing music, you're putting music into, into digital form, and then you're recording it, you now have something that you can file with the copyright office. So uh, filings through the copyright office is very inexpensive. The filing fee is only $45. And you should do it, you have three months to do it from the day you publish it. So and publication means you put it online. Okay, when you publish it to the world, you have three months to register with the copyright office. A very simple application. I can show you how to do it. Um, and and you're basically saying, when did you when did you come up with this song or music or composition? And you file the application, and then it takes about three to six months to get a certificate. Um, there's very very few requirements, and you pay you forty five dollars, and that's it. You have to upload the content because the, the this is filed through the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. That's across the White House. So, so that library has every single application for copyright in the United States. Billions of songs. So, so yeah, so, so, so once you do that, then, then you, you basically secure that particular song or, or dance or, or, or movie. And you and you put it up online, and if, if somebody copies it, takes it from you, then what happens is if somebody takes it from you, then you can file a copyright lawsuit. Now, sometimes, so the other thing that you have to do with music is that you register with one one of those uh, uh, houses that re that give you uh, royalties. So, for example, ASCAP is one of them. There's several of them, and you have you have to find them online. You register your, yourself with it, or your company with it, and every time you every time somebody uses your song, then they have crawlers, robots that go online and look for everybody that's using your song, your melody, and they basically match them. And then if they see a match, then they get the revenue to you. And they give you every month uh, a little spreadsheet with, oh, you got 30 cents here, five cents here. Two, two. 
So people do that and that's how they get revenue. So, but those houses that collect royalties, they're, uh, they're the ones that basically handle. So sometimes you want your song for other people to use it. So for example, if, if, if you put a song out or a beat, a lot of people are doing beats electronically and, and, they, and, and, and the beat's just a beat for a song. And let's say, uh, let's say uh, Britney Spears likes your, your beat and says, oh, I'm gonna, my next song, I'm gonna use Nori's beat. Okay, so now she's gonna, she has to pay your royalties for that beat. And let's say, and let's say that song becomes popular and let's say and, uh, somebody wants to use it in our commercial, right? Like for, to, sell, uh, to sell cars. Okay, and they put it in, in a commercial and they put the song because it's popular. Okay, now they, they say Ford has to pay Britney and it has to pay you. So it's almost like a chain. So, so the more you put, put it out there, the more of a chance of you to get revenue from it. And, and there's special houses that are going to collect this for you. So you just have to register it. You know, make sure you have control of the registration before you publish it or at the same time you publish it. And then you register with these houses, and that's it. Hey, I'm not saying thank you for that. I'm not saying it's Nori, but some people are sampling music from other people and including them in their beats. Um, it's like a part of like the art in in a lot of people's eyes. It's like being able to incorporate old music into their music. But is there issues that are, uh, that somebody may be exposing themselves to if they sample like a Tina Sinatra song? Of course. So what you have to do is first you have to ask permission. Okay, it's very simple. You 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 can find out who the manager of that person is. Of, of, let's say Sinatra, I guess the state, and 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 then you ask permission, and and so they don't notice that you're going to do something with the song, or with the beat, or with the, with the, uh, uh, just a piece of the melody. And, and so, so then what you do is, if they allow it, then what you do is you, you sign a con, you basically have to write a contract. And because sometimes you have five people involved, everybody's doing a little piece or they're taking pieces from here and there. And so, so the contracts have to divide. Once the, the final song is, is finished, how are you gonna pay everybody that contributed to the song? So, you know, and people have it. So there's like 10 people involved and it becomes very complicated. But there's con the special contracts are designed, you know, by attorneys that say how this is going to be divided once you, once you start getting revenue. So, um, but yeah, so a lot of people are doing that. They have to ask permission. If they don't, they can, they, they can do, you, you have, uh, you know, if you're just doing it for fun at home, you know, you're taking a sample and you're not really gonna publish it or, or make money out of it. You're just doing it to practice. Or, or like, there's some fair use to the use of songs. So you can, you know, if you're, if you're at home and you're testing it and you, you can borrow beats, uh, but if you, if you have a final song, then maybe yes, you have to ask permission. And then you have to make sure that uh, that person gets compensated once you, you get compensated. So it becomes part of this whole division of the of the royalty. See, and Edmar, I'm thinking you never know. You know, he's in the, he's in his room cooking up these beats and music. You never know. He could be the next, you know, Jewish Kanye. No, I, no, no. And, and a lot of people, a lot of people uh, 
have made money in social media by accident. Yeah. They just, you know, I have I have a, a friend of mine that their kids are just so funny, and he started videotaping on his cell phone, and then he decided to do a YouTube channel, and now has thousands and thousands of followers. And now so it became like something fun, and now they're actually making little little, little uh, small movies to you know to put up. So that's how you start. I love it. Hey, listen, folks, if you're out there, you're thinking of doing some beats, some mixing, some sampling, if you've got a podcast, if you're taking your business online, if you're taking that brick and mortar and you're putting it online because the world has changed, we highly recommend that you call and consult with our good friend, Edmar Amaya. We'll put his phone number here, his website here. Um, Edmar, stay safe. Be well. You look wonderful. We miss you. Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you. And thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for joining us today. All right, guys. All right, buddy. God bless. Take care. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Okay,